up tribe uh what's up podcast today we're going to work through a backlog of great questions that have come through on the ums online coaching tribe the ums movement mastermind and also our gym tribe and youtube channel we've got a lot to cover today we're going to go deep we're going to go talking about a lot of motivation and also just general scientific strength and conditioning principles Hey everyone, in case we haven't met, my name's Rad Burmeister. I'm joined as always by my brother Yanni Burmeister. We are the co-founders of Unity Gym and the co-creators of the UMS, the Unified Movement System, where we turn driven people into superhumans. And the way we get such astonishing results with our members is that we've created a program that has a balance between strength and flexibility. It's very unique and it gets great results. If you want to know how we do that, grab one of our free blueprints, the Flexibility Blueprint, Strength Blueprint, or Nutrition Blueprint. There's a link in the description of this uh, cast. And uh, also consider coming and joining our private Facebook group, the UMS Movement Mastermind, where we record these podcasts live so that our members can ask us questions. Yeah, today we're going to start off on a slightly different tune um, because we do have quite a backlog of uh, questions and comments that have come through. And uh, one of the first that I want to talk about today is actually completely out um, uh, off, off our usual rhythm, which is to first dive into UMS Online Coaching, Unity Gym and the Movement Mastermind. It's actually a comment and a question that's come in from YouTube. And it's about... And we, the reason why I want to tackle it is because we dove into this discussion today on our live stream UMS at home workout. And I feel like there is a lot of value in here for everybody uh, because uh, there's even been some shares on the Movement Mastermind private Facebook group that, um, that made me think of this as well. And it's about what it takes to become flexible. Uh, we have had some um, some people comment about the fact that they've been stretching for a couple of months and they don't feel like they're making a lot of progress. And, you know, is the answer that I need to stretch more, you know, for more minutes in a day or um, uh, harder, push my body harder? Uh, what's going to give me a quicker result? And, you know, when Rad and I spoke a little bit about this on the show this morning, because a, a comment was put up on the comments about the same sort of thing, feeling like I'm not, uh, the progress is very slow. I think that's exactly what was said. I feel like progress is really slow with when we were doing our mobility um, cool down. And then I went off uh, on discussing the actual process of getting flexible. And there was a lot of people on the live stream that it was new to them, the concepts, the, the concept of the, how the, the brain's role, the central nervous system's role in flexibility training. So I feel like we should probably bang that drum a little bit in here today uh, because it's something that everyone will get um, some value from. Yeah. So to start with, uh, the first thing I want to say, and this will get Rad started, give him some direction as to know, so he knows where I'm heading with this, is the first thing I want to say about flexibility training is that it's not a linear pathway like strength or fitness. Strength or fitness, you can pretty much plot a program and the results you will get from that program based on uh, history, based on you know, uh, the principles of scientific strength and conditioning that you are using, that you're applying to that program. And then depending on how many minutes a day you spend uh, training, you can plot your, to be very accurate, you can plot your success, where it's going to be. 
And um, stretch, stretching is not like that at all. It's not a linear pathway. And the reason for that is because there are, like with strength and fitness, there are this myriad of different uh, things that come into play, um, like your history, your exercise history, how conditioned or physically prepared your body is for the training, what you've done in the past, injury history, uh, and then also a little bit of anatomy and genetics come into play as well. With flexibility, those things matter so much more because your, your flexibility training is not a matter of lengthening muscle tissue. Muscle tissue lengthens and contracts irrespective of what you've done to it unless there's scar tissue there, unless you've, you have had like a trauma that's actually you know, damaged the tissue to such a degree that there is scar tissue or you've remodeled the tissue um, and the collagens and the, in the protein based on like overuse injury. Those are the only variables that will change the elasticity of a muscle, to my knowledge. The, uh, the thing that's restricting the muscle from lengthening is actually the central nervous system. And why don't you explain a little bit about that, Rad? Yeah, for sure. It's, um, it's something that took me a, a long time to understand. I didn't... Um, I wasn't explained it properly until I started to, to go really deep into some research. There wasn't any good um, Google searches that I could really do that found this stuff for me or YouTube videos. I had to read some pretty in-depth books by some great authors. Uh, Overcoming Gravity was the one that pops to mind. Um, by I think it's by Stephen Lowe. Um, and... Yeah, it, it got me to really have a, have a really different understanding about flexibility training because all I was, and I've been taught to stretch by a lot of people and I was taught to stretch by a lot of flexible people and the overruling message, um, the, the feeling that I had for oh, 20 years of, of learn, not 20 years of consistent um, stretching, uh, training, but learning how to stretch for 20 years from from when we were 17 and I started martial arts properly or when I was 17 and you were 15 um, through to my mid 30s. The feeling that I had about stretching and how to get flexible was confusion. I knew that if you put your leg in this position, it stretches the hamstrings and if you put it in this position, it stretches the adductors. But I was confused on how I turn it all into something that actually produces results because Despite my best efforts, I wasn't able to get more flexible. And I was able to kick, you know, higher than the average person in martial arts. I could kick head height, but it was all very, very specific to the movements that I'd practiced. And it just came from repetition, repetition, repetition through dynamic flexibility that my body was able to get there. But looking back on it now, I wasn't, my hips and my shoulders were not in a good state. They were only able to do a very specific thing. And it was when I started, you know, um, going and working, doing those um, Bataji internships with Tony Bataji, where he taught us how to do flexibility assessments that I realized that I was very limited in the areas that I was flexible. And in certain areas, I was more flexible than the average person, not very flexible, but I was more flexible than the average person. And on others, I was far less flexible. And so I decided that I was going to get flexible when I was about 37, I think it was. I think it was about five years ago. I said, all right, I'm going to do this. And I started stretching my ass off. And, and my real measurement for success was the middle splits because that's what I'd always wanted to do. And so that's what I worked on the most. And it was a real 
up and down journey. I... And, and just to build some context, because Rad's probably not going to say this, he has a, a, a bone deformity in his hips called FAR. FAI, uh, for tibular impingement. Impingement, which is due to his youth. He did a lot of rollerblading and skateboarding, and there was a lot of impact, tra- um, uh, to like, you know, jumping really high and landing really heavy. And what the only thing that um, pr- produces or stimulates the bones to grow and adapt is plyometrics, is impact. You've got to have impact. That's why skipping, running, all these things are so important to make up a part of your training um, uh, program. Uh, and, and in some cases, your bones will really adapt to what you're doing. And, and in Rad's case, it did happen. And it happens with a lot of athletes, professional athletes, and, and that inhibits the movement in the hip a lot, you know. And so th- getting, getting deep in the middle splits for Rad and getting deep in some of the movements is actually very difficult to do. It requires a lot of work and a lot of practice because his hips have, have, have actually the bone has formed in such a way that it's wanting to keep him protected and not allow him to open up in the hips. And I've learned a lot about flexibility on my journey. I've learned that I will never be able to do the f- what people call the full middle splits and the full front splits where you literally get a 180 degree angle um, in your legs or and definitely not the over splits. Because, and if I do, I'll be surprised because of what you just said, because of the way that my body's developed over the years to protect itself. But I've also learned something else as well. Before my um, understanding of this, I all, you, you know, you look at people for inspiration and I never looked at somebody that almost had the splits for inspiration. I always looked at the people like Van Damme, somebody yeah. that could do full middle splits and that was my inspiration. So that was the benchmark of success. But what I learned as I went deeper and deeper and deeper is that Strength and flexibility are balanced, but when you have more of one, you have less of the other. So with more flexibility comes less stability in a joint, and with more strength and stability in a joint comes less flexibility. So there is a, there is a balance that goes along between those. Now, there's exceptions to that rule. You have, um, you know, you have Olympic gymnasts who are, who are just freaks in, in both of these things. But generally speaking, that's what seems to happen with people. But that's only because of the way they train. Yeah. I mean, look at someone like Juju Mufu, yeah. who can do a, a, almost a perfect middle split, mm-hmm. you yeah. know, and he's huge and he can also squat 260 kilos or 240 kilos or whatever, you know, and, mm-hmm. and uh, deadlift huge weights and stuff like that. So I, I believe that it's predominantly the way people train. And this is something that I want to talk about today because a lot of gurus, a lot of flexibility gurus out there have not learnt to get flexible at an old age. And the reason why that's important for all of us to understand why that will impact the way that their philosophies and the way that they train is because if you want to get flexible at an old age and you have never been flexible before, it's incredibly important that you develop both flexibility and strength at the same time. And here's Mm -hmm. why. Because the way the muscle system works, the way the body works, the physiology works is that it's not going to be your muscles that lengthen. And this is something that people get really wrong. It's a real misconception. There's a notion that when you stretch, you're learning to lengthen, you're, you're, you're um, uh, lengthening the actual muscle fibers, the muscle tissue, you know? Um, and it's not really about that. The muscle fibers and tissues, as I said earlier in this podcast, lengthen, they contract and relax. 
Uh, and the only real interference to that is, is, is changes in the collagen and the proteins in there that will prevent that um, uh, from sort of occurring. And there is some cases where genetic um, issues or compromise prevent that, like you're born with a shortened muscle body, you know, and we've had that. We've, exp we've seen that with a, with a member at the gym here with his quadriceps. But in most cases, in, in, in pretty much all cases, flexibility training is a process of learning to delay the communication between brain and muscle spindle that is there to protect you from harm. So as you lengthen a muscle body to take a joint into full range of motion, if the brain is sensing vulnerability there or risk of injury, it will send a signal to that muscle body to say, tighten now because we are at risk of injury. And that process of communication between brain and muscle body is what we're training to delay when we stretch. We want to build confidence in the body, in the central nervous system, so that your brain is confident to allow the, the muscle to achieve its full range of motion. And that will not happen until there is a level of strength built. And this level of strength needs to be in comparison, in direct relation to the level of flexibility that's being achieved. If you're not training to build end range strength, if you're not doing loaded variations of stretching, then as an adult, you will not achieve flexibility. It's as simple as that. And so this is where my problem, uh, I have problems with um, yoga, yogis and, uh, and flexibility gurus who, um, who promote programs that don't have a one-to-one -one ratio of strength and flexibility. Because in most cases, and I'm not suggesting that these guys aren't flexible, in many cases, they're ridiculously flexible. But that's part of the problem. Mm. In most cases, they've been doing it for many, many years. In some cases, since they were children, they're ex-gymnasts or they're ex-this, or they got into yoga when they were a youth. Uh, and it, it, it's incomparable. You can't compare the journey. For them, their routines and programs are more maintenance than anything else. Mm -hmm. And if you approach the um, your flexibility training as an adult, who, someone who's never been flexible, or worse, someone who's been supremely strong, you know, and you expect to get the same result by just passively chipping away at stretching, doing three-hour retreats and routines, you're probably never going to get there. It didn't you work know, for me. It, it, it hasn't worked for anyone that I know, you know? Yeah. And, and, it, and it's why flexibility is such a frustrating journey for so many people because the, the gurus that are, that are teaching it, uh, they're not teaching it in a way that helps people that have never been flexible before. And they're certainly not teaching it in a way that helps people that had hip issues like what I had. Yeah, that's exactly um, right. And, and it, it, you know, they're teaching something that would help maintain flexibility to the average person, but it mm -hmm. won't develop it. It won't develop a high level of flexibility and it won't, it certainly won't develop a functional level of flexibility. You know, yep. it might feel good. You mm. might get a little bit of alleviation of tension of certain muscles and things like that. So you will feel a little bit better, mm. but if you're looking at developing flexibility, that's going to level up your physical performance, it doesn't do much. Yep. You know, and that's, that's my problem. So that's why I'm so, um, I think it's so important that people understand the mechanism of flexibility training first and really, really understand it, really understand that it's not about, you know, if it was just about lengthening 
uh, the, the, the muscles, there's a very clear demonstration that demonstrates this, you know. If you can um, uh, stretch your adductors um, by standing up tall and then lift your leg, on the podcast I'm sort of illustrating my, with my hands here, if you could lift your leg up to 90 degree hip height on one side and then lower that leg down so both feet are on the floor again, and then repeat the process on the opposite side. And if you can achieve 90 degrees of flexion in that hip, meaning that you're kind of doing a side kick out to 90 degrees with your foot at hip height, then there is zero reason why, if it was just about the muscles lengthening, why you couldn't do the splits, the perfect middle splits. Now, you, eight out of 10 people will be able to demonstrate that. But those same eight people will get nowhere near being able to do the middle splits. So why can't you do the middle splits if you can raise both legs out to 90 degrees individually? Because there's no muscle tissue that connects that, the left leg to the right leg. All of the muscles in that leg join to the hip and then they have separate muscles, individual muscles going out to the opposite leg. Mm -hmm. So why can we not do the splits if we can raise those legs to 90 degrees? Because the brain isn't letting you do the splits because it is, it, it knows that you're vulnerable in the middle splits. You're vulnerable in your knees because you're going to be loading a lateral force through the knee that your tendons are not conditioned to, that the ligaments, the medial ligament in the knee is not conditioned to, you know, you're, you're, um, you're vulnerable, uh, and you're at, at a very high risk of injury. If you haven't developed strength in the middle splits, if you haven't developed what we call loaded stretching, um, contract, relax, name a few others that are going to help end range strength there, mm -hmm. um, um, moils, things like that, you know, and so unfortunately, you know, there's a lot of people out there that are doing, uh, stretching routines and stretching programs, um, at vain, you know, they're not going to achieve the desired result they want. Yeah. Um, and I, th I, I think that it's, it's really, really important that people understand that. Yeah. Yeah. And just the, yeah, just the time it takes and the way that you need to just allow the process to unfold. And, you know, also the way that you need to have something that, that balances the body, that goes through different things, that gives you, um, you know, the, like that's why we created the 18-minute stretching routine to start with. It was just a way to hit all of the major muscle groups, all of the major joint movements, um, in one workout so that if that's all you did and you didn't do anything else, you've at least moved the body in all the right directions to make sure that it's getting some form of movement and you'll see progress. And we've got great well, people, tens of thousands of people around the world now have had great results with that program. Yep. And then, you know, going deeper, it's about learning how to load those muscles up and, and start um, doing some eccentric loading and some isometric loading in the muscles, which is, you know, what the loaded stretching routine does. And then, you know, further on to the mobility masterclass. So the thing that we haven't sort of talked about here, which is something that's very, very important is efficiency. Mm. You know, efficiency is so important when you're working out. Yeah, that's one of the biggest changes as to what made me flexible is that I f we we created a way to make our stretching efficient because before I'd done that, there was no efficiency to it. It was always on the spot. I was thinking, oh, what should I do now? What should I do next? What should I do now? And just what's going to be at the right time, what's going to give you the best bang for your buck in yeah. time, mm -hmm. in time um, 
allocated or committed to it. Uh, Ruth Houseman's uh, got a question here, wondering if lack of lateral movement uh, patterns impacts upon flexibility and the slash the nervous system. And the... Uh, I've a, got no idea. Yeah. I've, to be honest, the, I've never... The I've reality seen. is that to, to gain flexibility, it's about spending time in those... There's an, there's an element of it being about spending t some time in those um, areas, but then, of course... There's another element about spending time in time. Uh, uh, what I mean by that is time in the stretches in that area or that movement. But then there's the element of developing strength yeah, that's in those one, end ranges. That's one of the things that a lot of people are, um, are missing. You need to like the stretching is a part of it. But and, and man, God, so many people get this wrong. Um, but you have to develop strength through the movement. So it's like, um, you know, one of the one of the best ways to develop shoulder flexibility is to do dumbbell pressing where you bring the dumbbells down to the deepest depth that you can go to because a barbell won't allow you to do that or doing behind the head uh, overhead pressing um, you know pull-ups from the full bottom locked out position one of the best ways to develop hip mobility is to do ass to grass squats and so few people do that people because to do an ass to grass squat you can't lift as much weight as if you just do a sort of a 90 degree i mean a, a, a thigh parallel to the ground squat you just can't lift as much weight or if you do pause rep squats where you pause at the bottom even just for half a second or a second to develop some strength in that end range you can't lift as much weight so a lot of people aren't doing these things or split squats split squats are even better than um, squats to develop mobility and so few people are doing them. people yeah. are um, or Cossack squats you know Cossack squats well, people are shy away from doing them because they think that they're dangerous but what they don't understand is the exercise itself is not dangerous it's your you and your ego trying to put too much load on it yeah that's, that's right dangerous, yeah so you know? I mean when you're doing Cossack squats for the first time you know to to put um, 40 kilos on your back is is going to kill most people you yeah. know but for me I could do 40 kilos and do 20 reps on each leg yeah um, and same with doing like a front racked split squat you know like a front rack split squat doing 40 kilos um, you know or, or 85 90 pounds whatever that is um, would be very dangerous for a lot of people but for you and me you know we can do sets of you know eight to ten reps at, at that you know with a pause at the bottom yeah so, so to answer Ruth Houseman's question, I would say yes, I agree with that um, concept. If you're not doing lateral movement patterns, then you're not going to develop flexibility as quickly in lateral movement stretches. Definitely for the middle splits the, and the pancake. You know, yeah. yeah, absolutely. I mean, what, it, what it's basically saying, the, but, the, um, what um, I think she's referring to is, uh, it, like, for instance, if you do Cossack squats loaded Cossack squats, it's going to benefit middle splits. Loaded Cossack squats are one of the best exercises you can do to develop the middle splits. Yeah. And if you're trying, like the way that, the, the, like the, the way that you would use it is, um, you know, you do your middle splits workout like what we do in the Mobility Masterclass, but then when you do your lower body strength training, you'd also do three sets of Cossack squats, of loaded Cossack squats. Yeah. So it's not saying that you have to do it in the same workout. You know, another example though is that when we do in the Mobility Masterclass in phase one and two, you actually are doing 
Cossack squats as part of the workout. Yep. So that's uh, that's why we include that movement in the mobility masterclass. It's another reason why we include the um, test the water <coughs> in our warm up, in our lower body exactly. warm up, because yeah. it's reinforcing lateral strength. Yeah, that's right. And flexibility, mobility. You know. Uh, okay, look, moving on, guys, because I, I don't want to spend the entire show on that, uh, even though we seem to have. Uh, I've actually changed the title of this show to How Long Does It Take to Get Flexible? Yeah, really? Well, we've been talking about this for 20 <laughs> Well, then, okay, now, so, so why don't we, okay, well, let's stay on this then. Why don't we say, uh, in our opinion, in our belief, in our experience, how long it takes to get flexible? Because we have framed this quite well, and it is... Uh, there is a, as I said at the start of the podcast, there is a myriad of factors that come into play here. Your anatomy and your posture are a big one. How long you have not been flexible for is a big one because that's how reinforced the safety mechanism, the brain's inhibitors are going to be, mm. you know, because remember you're breaking down the, the point of flexibility training is to break down your brain's inhibitors, to delay the, the response between the muscle spindle and the brain that that contracts and stops you from going there, you know. Um, uh, and a good example is that if you are, um, um, what do you call it when you're put to sleep? If you are... Uh, unconscious? Well, if you're put unconscious, yeah. What well, there's a name for it. I can't remember. Anethesis? Ane yeah, if you're... Uh, um, uh, 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 anesthetic. Anesthetic. If you're put anesthetic. under a general anesthetic, you become... <clears throat> totally flexible when your brain is put to sleep your body can go your, your muscles are completely flexible you can achieve full range of motion in every joint there is nothing stopping the joints from uh, achieving the full range and the the example we gave on the workout this morning was that we actually had a, a, a client come in who had had an operation and they had dropped him on the table. He's a big guy, and and he had he came out of the operation with a frozen shoulder because he'd experienced a shoulder trauma. And there was a high probability that, and this happens when you go under. You know, you're if you're 90 kilos or 100 kilos, you got to understand you've got nurses and doctors trying to move you from a bed to an operating table. Just imagine what that looks like. You're completely floppy. Your body is out cold. And you've got a team of people who often anesthetized, whatever that is, Lee Clements, thank you, anesthetized, yeah. When you are in that state, you've got some very untrained people, Not they're trained in their profession, but they're not bodybuilders, they're not powerlifters, they're not super strong people trying to move a completely unconscious body from one position to the next, you know. And, and accidents happen. <laughs> Some things happen. Sometimes they might pull a shoulder into an awkward position because there's nothing preventing your body from being um, achieving full range of motion in every joint. The brain is switched off. The brain is um, uh, put to sleep, you know. And that's just an example of um, how much flexibility is a brain. Uh, it's, it's, it's occurring in the brain. Mm -hmm. And so the answer to a lot of people's flexibility problems is not just to stretch more. It's to make the body, the brain feel more comfortable to allow them to go to the range that they're trying to achieve. And the fastest way to doing that is a combination of spending time in the positions and building strength in the positions. Mm -hmm. So the stretching component is only 50% of the process of getting flexible. And this sums up very simply why I dislike most flexibility programs. Mm. Because they don't tackle the strength component. 
They just suggest to stretch more. Now, for an existing, already flexible person, that is a great way to feel like you're getting a stretch because your body can already achieve the position. But if you can't achieve the position, it is not going to make you flexible. And that's where a lot of programs fall over. Yeah. So you still didn't answer the question, how long does it take to get flexible? Um, the, Naturally. In, in six months, you can experience um, life-changing flexibility. In 12 months, you can go through a massive transformation. And within three years, the average person can achieve superhuman levels of flexibility. I, I go off what I've seen in our gym here because we have a lot of guys and we've now been doing it for long we enough. We didn't let me finish. Okay, sorry. The, um, the, that all relies on a person doing what's required, which means training consistently and frequently and not making mistakes. And what I mean by not making mistakes is I mean respecting the journey and just doing the work without trying to force it. Yep. The mistakes in flexibility training come from forcing it and from not respecting the amount of time and dedication it takes. And if you do that, which is easier than it sounds, it, it just means that if you set aside your, your one hour or your 90 minutes um, or your two hours for the super keen um, a day to train, that you do it. That you yeah. just turn up and do it and you have a plan where you write it down, you know what you can fit, which it's all done for you in the UMS program, of course, but you customize it to yourself. And then you just turn up and go through the plan and you don't worry about boredom. You know, one of the one of the biggest things that people struggle with is boredom or they feel like they're not getting results and they don't know if they're going to do it. And and what you have to do is you have to that's what discipline is. Discipline yeah, you is you need discipline. You need to just turn up and you have to find a way to a to beat those demons within and that's you know this goes back to this whole process that we're teaching people which is to practice mindfulness which comes from meditation because you you'll learn that you, those boredom is is a thought process it's thoughts that are going on in your head and if you can learn to just recognize that that's something within consciousness and just allow it to be there but do the work anyway yeah it doesn't matter you know? You've got to get over the fact that stretching is not going to be as tangible as strength or fi fitness training. And you have to let go of that. You have to embrace uh, the process. You have to practice faith a lot more, a lot more than, than uh, strength training or fitness training. I've seen guys in our gym who have come in very unfit, uh, very unflexible, very fit, very strong, <laughs> ex-crossfitters. Uh, or power lifters. And in a year, in 12 months, they are doing stuff that I go, whoa. Look at that, you know, um, very deep middle splits, very deep front splits, you know, almost, almost chest to floor, maybe elbows on floor pancake um, and, and a good solid back bridge. That's after 12 months. I believe that you can make a visible, tangible difference after three months, but it comes very much down to the, uh, the, the exactly what Rad said turning up, doing the work and doing the right work. One thing that we didn't talk about is what happens when you push too hard in stretching. So if, if successful stretching is about delaying the brain's inhibitors, delaying the signal that the muscle spindle sends to the brain saying this is now dangerous, we're at risk of injury. If you force a stretch, meaning you stretch to the point of pain, a pain sensation, that stifles the process by triggering the inhibitor earlier. 
So you've got to think about the logic of that. If you're pushing your stretches to the point where you feel pain, which is beyond the level of discomfort that you feel naturally from a stretch, then you are sending the signal to the brain earlier. When you come back to stretch the next day, you are going to find yourself less flexible than the day before, which is exactly the opposite effect to what you want from your stretching. Yeah. If you're stretching properly, you should be making improvements uh, you should be able to stretch well pretty much every day, you know, and there is, you do get DOMS from a good stretching session, which is why we don't suggest you stretch the same movements over and over and over again. In fact, we tend to do uh, certain things like the middle split stretching only once a week because it's so taxing on the body. And if you're doing it properly and getting a workout from it, it's like a strength training workout. It's load. You have to manage load to the body. Mm -hmm. And you therefore can't do it every day. We get the most amount of hate we get and, and trolls we get is when we make comments about how you should only stretch once a week for certain areas of the body. Mm -hmm. And there is certain people that just don't get it. They, they, are, they have achieved flexibility at a very young age. And so therefore their training is much more about maintenance than it is about actually achieving a high level of flexibility. And they, um, they do it every day to maintain their flexibility. Well, it's more well, like mobility training. You, you just, it's, um, I mean, why would you know better though, if you were one of those people, you know, they obviously like, Good for them. They got flexible when they were a kid and they, they maintained it for their whole life. But it just doesn't work for an adult. You know, as a kid, you can literally give the most simple instructions. Say, do this for 30 seconds, three times a day. And it, in three or six months, any kid will be doing the splits. And then all you've got to do from there is just keep exercising throughout your life and you'll never lose it. You know, it's totally different for an adult. Yes, Simon, that is, uh, this is my trippy keyboard mode today. I actually did it for a little bit of a laugh because uh, I can control that. I wanted to see if anybody would notice it. So, um, yep. <laughs> He's good it's a fucking Death Star of a good computer, see, man. You when, you see see it, yeah. when you see it next to my MacBook, it's just like. That's, uh, that's why it's doing it today. It's getting hungry and it wants to it eat It wants to eat, eat my MacBook. computer, yeah. 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 Um, I'll change it back so it's not, <laughs> Lee Clements uh, not is going wow yeah keyboard talk about stealing the show nice one Paul we're glad we could give you some value there brother with stretching this is such a big thing to understand guys stretching and flexibility training as an adult is is very different and uniquely different from like uh, stretching and flexibility training from a young age where you've got a lot of time most of the time, it's not just about sitting down doing more passive stretching or more stretching. It's about stretching the right way. You got to build strength. You got to convince your brain, convince your central nervous system that it is safe, that it is okay to achieve those ranges of motion. And uh, that requires a one-to-one -one ratio of strength and flexibility training. Uh, it, it, we've, we've seen incredible tran transformations in flexibility in under a year here at Unity Gym. And uh, it's something that uh, we believe that everyone can achieve, but you have to trust in the f process. You have to practice faith and you have to have an efficient way of working out. You know, sitting there doing a three hour routine daily, nice and passive and relaxed in a Zen moment. Here's the, here's the big wake up call. Stretching is not a Zen moment. Stretching effectively as an adult. Mobility gain. is. Mobility can be. Mobility is relaxing and something that just you should feel like it's, you know, making you feel good. But yeah, stretching is not. <laughs> stretching is not a Zen moment. If you're Zenning out whilst you stretch, 
there's a very high probability that someone's doing it much more efficiently than you somewhere in the world. Yeah. <laughs> Which is just one way of looking at it. You might enjoy that Zen stretch. That's totally cool. Can't believe we used to have a class called Zen stretch <laughs> in the gym. But just know that if you're zenning out in your stretching routine, that there's someone in the world doing a much more efficient and effective stretching routine at that moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, I hope that answered some questions for you. <laughs> we answered one, really. Yeah, That's all right. It's cool. Look, it's a beast of a topic. It's yeah. something that so many people are here for and so few people understand and get it right. It's, uh, yeah. Well, um, we will see you. Uh, I've got a, got a lot of work to do today to get this phase three program ready. All the videos are, are getting edited. We've, uh, I've got back Monday to Thursday's tutorials and they're ready to go up. And my, <laughs> Lee Clements is saying, tell my yoga friends, good luck with that. Yoga. Hey, we listen. Don't. I don't want to knock yoga because we have a lot of yogis in our group and uh, a lot of yogis that do our programs. And, um, you know... I love yoga for what it is, the concept of connecting to the body, and they do that really, really well. They really get people's physical awareness leveled up, which I think is fantastic. I think it's fantastic to, to um, bring a spiritual side into your, your movement practice, but it's not always necessarily the best way to get flexible. You know, you need to um, um, d- sort of differentiate that. As a practice, it's, I reckon it's very healthy. It's very good for you. you know, well, most is, yogis it's... that I know, and I know some yogis that are doing um, very functional power yoga and things like that, where they, there's an element of calisthenics in there that is really cool. You know? I, I'm not afraid to say my honest opinion on yoga. Yoga is very healthy if you, if you polarize it compared to not doing something. But it is very unbalanced, mm. very unbalanced. And there's no yoga that I've seen that has any pulling movements in it. And if there is, it is a very, very small part of yoga. And if you don't have pulling movements, when the whole thing involves pushing, that creates a massive imbalance in the body. And there is a big, imp- and there's also no loaded lower body work. There's no. You know, nothing that really trains the muscles in the lower body effectively. So I'm not afraid to say that, yeah, yoga is not a balanced way of training. It's just incomplete. Yeah. And Lee, good luck telling your yoga friends. People that are really into yoga, man, you try to tell them that yoga isn't balanced and God, do they lose it. Um, so I wouldn't even bother opening up that conversation. <laughs> Just let them do what they want to do. Well, it's like, the yoga is kind of like nutrition nowadays. You know, it's like a religion. It's become the new religion. Mm. Um, well, we get we practice. get people come to us that had practiced yoga for five, eight. 10 years and they rave about what we do they yeah. say that what we do just has changed their body um exponentially so yeah um blakely are you watching i hope you are you asked a good question what i mean is no i don't mean xiaopengs i mean when you get to the top of the kettlebell turkish get up from here that you pronate and supinate like that and what that does is because the kettlebell sitting there it completely changes the the um uh, which parts of the shoulder the, the load is pulling on, which really challenges the rotator cuff a lot more. Just, that's, just that's to build some context, Blakely asked a question about uh, Russian Turkish get-ups. Turkish get-ups. Turkish yeah. get-ups, and, uh, and they're a fantastic exercise. We love them. Yeah. Does that uh, make sense, Blakely? Let me know. Um, yeah. Shout out to Namala. Thank you very much. Um, it's good to know that you got some value from the podcast, and Blakely's all over it. Yep. 
Awesome. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. We'll see you tomorrow, tomorrow. for Video Friday. Big announcement. Uh, we should say this for all the podcast listeners, for all the people watching the replay on YouTube. You may miss it, but tomorrow we will launch a flash sale for phase three of the UMS at-home workouts. We've got some awesome exercise progressions in there. Tomorrow is the first time we're selling it as a bundle. Now that we've got three phases, which is usually what we do when we sell a masterclass, we create three phases because it gives you 12 to 18 weeks of training. So we're going to sell it as a bundle tomorrow with phase one, two, and three. So for anyone who's been sitting on the fence wondering whether they want to dive in and get those UMS at-home workouts, tomorrow and for the next 72 hours after will be a very big opportunity for you to grab it at the discounted price, which is like half price for the usual um uh, less than the third of the price yeah less, the usual but yeah. in, considering that it's going to have all three phases it's going to be about 90 percent off whoa 90 percent <laughs> and you'll be supporting us uh to stay open and continue doing this and boy do we need it because uh you know our members keep losing their jobs which means that we keep losing our members that are supporting us and yeah that's yeah. right <laughs> so exactly thanks everyone right. thanks for tuning in uh and uh, we will see you tomorrow morning 7 a.m. Sydney time for Friday's Deloaded Workout. See you guys. Health is about performance, not just body image. You better be willing to accept what you're going to have to do to get there. We'll start focusing on movement goals, strength goals, flexibility goals. When you nail that skill, it's there forever. The body image goal doesn't get you that far. It's the consistency and frequency that's going to get you there. It's not the intensity. There's no shortcuts to mastery and movement. Destination doesn't change overnight, but your direction will. The gym is not the place to beat up the body that you hate. It's the place to build the body that you love. We are the gym that teaches people how to move instead of just exercise because we believe that health is about performance, not just body image.